With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Robert Jones Situation Report, and I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today is Tuesday. Not a lot going on today on Tuesday. There probably won't be much going on on Wednesday either. But 
Thursday. Oh, yeah, baby. Thursday. The party is going to kick off just right. We're going to have the Eric Holder contempt vote. We're going to get the latest jobless numbers out there. And, and the highly anticipated Supreme Court ruling on Obamacare. It's going to be like Christmas. It's going to be like Christmas morning where you go to bed the night before Christmas and you wake up and you're like, hey, I can't wait to get all my gifts, all my presents, gifts on Christmas Day. Except it won't be Christmas Day. It'll be Thursday. So, let's celebrate Thursday. Thursday. Now, I'm your host for the next hour. Dr. C. Robert Jones. And today's date is June 26, 2012. The United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun, and I am currently located in beautiful Old Town Alexandria. So, let's take a quick commercial break and then and then <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to talk about the nanny state, Marxism, every man a king. How many men ever went to a barbecue? would let one man take off the table what's intended for nine-tenths of the people to eat. The only way you'll ever be able to feed the balance of the people is to make that man come back and bring back some like grub. He ain't got no business. Now, how are you going to feed the balance of the people? What's Morgan and Baruch and Rockefeller and Mellon going to do with all that grub? They can't eat it. They can't wear the clothes. They can't live in the house. But when they've got everything on the God's living earth that they can eat and they can wear and they can live in, and all that their children can live in and wear and eat and all their children's children can use, then we got to call Mr. Morgan and Mr. Mellon and Mr. Rockefeller back and say, come back here. Put that stuff back on this table here that you took away from there that you don't need. Leave something else for the American people to consume. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes and they will stop because he is just that good. 
to him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. He blames his predecessor for his own failures. Thank you very much. I left out of the studio the next day. Me! I, 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 my, my, my. He always takes credit for the successes of others. After a firefight, I killed Osama bin Laden and took custody of his body. He wants everyone to work for the government so they always vote for him. He is the least interesting man in the world. He doesn't always stuff the ballot, but when he does, doesn't need ID. Vote often, my friends. This is the way a republic ends. Now, I get it. I mean, the, the president really, really, really wants to work with Congress. He really does. But they don't really agree with him, and it is a crisis. So he's got to go to the authoritative level, you know, and tell everybody what to do. Yeah, there's a word for that. I'm trying to remember what it is. I, oh, I remember. Dictate. That's what somebody who's going to dictate. Wait a minute. That would make somebody a... No. Gee, just think how much he can get done. Hail Caesar. I am, uh, I'm, not what, I'm not sure which is more disturbing. Obama testing the, uh, the waters here or the fact that um, the people cheered. Which do you think? Cheer? It is a pattern. People cheering on a dictator wannabe. Watch this pattern. The Senate blocked a bill that would have created this commission. So I'll issue an executive order that will allow us to go forward because I refuse to pass this problem on to another generation of Americans. I know some here wish that I could just bypass Congress and change the law myself. I know there's some folks who wish I could just bypass Congress. I can't. Now, I know some people want me to bypass Congress and change the laws on my own. Believe me. And and and, and believe me, uh, right now dealing with Congress, the idea But, but, but believe me, 
Believe me, the idea of, of doing things on my own is very tempting. Amber, anybody you ever see the episode where I talked about that um, uh, former Czech Republic uh, editorial where they said the problem is not Obama, the problem is the American people? Because if they fall for it this time, they'll fall for somebody worse next time. It's the American people. How many times did he say, you know, there are people that want me to bypass. He's setting the road. He's just, he's just, he's plowing the field. That's all he's doing. And the people are cheering him to violate the Constitution. Excuse me, but I believe the president took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Two thoughts on this one. Um, the enemies are within inside the gates. The enemies are the defenders. And does anybody remember how hard it was for this man who just never blows a line to take the oath? Do you remember that? When he took the oath, he screwed it up so badly, he had to take it without us watching him take it, which is strange, uh, the next day. There's one more thing. He doesn't like the Constitution. He loathes the Constitution. He calls it a charter of negative liberties. He believes it should be a charter of positive liberties. That's like, you know what? I really love the color orange. If it were just green, then it would be great. But that's nothing against orange. It just should be green. He's fundamentally transforming, not protecting our Constitution and our country. We are living. Did anybody read that? I don't expect anybody did. Anybody read Philip Drew, Administrator? Not a soul. Good for you. You guys were smart. I recommended that like two years ago, and nobody read that. It's one of the worst books I've ever read. Um, I mean, just poor literature. It's bad. It was Woodrow Wilson's favorite book. And when I started reading about Woodrow Wilson, I wanted to get into his mind and see what he was thinking. So I figured, you know, I wanted to find out what he was, what he was reading all the time. He read this book three times. It is the blueprint for what we're going through right now. Philip Drew, administrator, a guy who just wants to serve. That's it. He just wants to serve. He just wants to help. But he's, he can't be president. He shouldn't be president. No, he'll just be an administrator, and he'll go outside of the Constitution. It's exactly what we're living now. And Barack Obama has surrounded the Constitution with boards and commissions and agencies, and he'll just administrate. They have the power of the economy that can control it, business, they can control everything, and they don't have to answer to Congress. He is putting a pillow over the face of our system. The founders created this system with the intent of slowing madmen down. That's why it's so arduous. That's, that's the trouble with our system. That's the beauty of our system. They created it to slow people like this down give you enough time to catch your breath and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, stop. He is replacing this with a, a system that answers only to him or people like him. Am I calling the president a fascist? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Gee.
All right, that was my good friend, uh, Glenn Beck. Welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Imagine, when you listen to President Obama say over and over again to different crowds that he would love to bypass Congress, what struck me about what he was saying was during the course of the applause, when folks were applauding what he was saying, he stayed on script and repeated the line exactly each time, which says to me that what he was saying was pre-scripted. He, was, it was, he meant to say it each and every time in each of these events. And like my man Glenn Beck said, he was putting up a trial balloon to see, to get the reaction of the people to whom he was speaking. And he got the reaction that he was looking for, which is why we've seen him dip every little toe. Now he's got all five pinky toes, all all five toes, including the pinky toe, in the water as he bypasses Congress over and over and over again with executive orders, signing statements, and all of that. I predict that as a result of Obama's presidency, executive orders are going to be either limited in the future or outright done away with. This president has abused the privilege of executive privilege. He's abused the privilege of signing statements. He's abused the constitutional privilege of executive orders. He's abused it. And just like any abuse of power or privilege, ultimately, justly, they are taken away. And future presidents, I predict, I'm 50 years old, and I'm, I, I suspect that at some point in the future I'll see this happen, that signing statements, executive orders, and executive privilege are going to be severely limited, if not outright abolished, for the use of the President of the United States because of what this clown has done. He has installed himself very much as the Marxist dictator that he'd always wanted to be. Marxism. Marxism here in America. The very idea, it sounds absurd to most people. After all, this is the land of the free, damn it. Plus, we won the Cold War against the Soviet Union and its miserable Marxist utopia, didn't we? Moreover, Marx himself, the bearded uh, German revolutionary who predicted the world's workers would rise up and conquer all the evil factory owners and usher in a socialist paradise, was wrong. He was wrong. Wasn't he? His big workers' revolt, it never happened, except in Russia. 
And it certainly will not happen here in America, outside this whole Occupy fiasco. But look beyond Marx's uh, deluded theories about workers revolting, and instead focus on what Marxism really means. An all-out attack on free market capitalism and the productive job-creating segment of society, coupled with, with, with plans for massive confiscation and redistribution of wealth and power by an all-powerful, all-controlling government. Wait a minute. That, that sounds exactly, exactly what's happening here today in America. The truth is that the USA, the United States of America, our once great and proud country, after sending hundreds of thousands of its finest young people overseas to fight and die to combat the evil of Marxism, has quietly and steadily succumbed to the same ideological seduction right here at home. This almost unthinkable situation is happening right here in the United States of America. It must be it, it must be such fun to be one of the growing classes of politicians that try to refer, uh, refer to uh, that, that refer that that I'll refer to as uh, postmodern busybodies. Imagine, if you will, the heady sense of power over others that come with the job of being a politician. You, you even get to tell people what to eat. This behavior is nothing more than a bit of annoying, intrusive narcissism displayed by a, a variety of political, postmodern, progressive individuals and groups whose goal is not to persuade you that your idea your ideas are correct that or that their ideas are correct or even better than yours but to force you to accept their ideas by making them law so in some point in the future if we continue along this track there'll be a law against consuming a 16-ounce beverage that might contain Coca-Cola or Pepsi or Sprite. Because it's just not good for you. And if it's not good for you, it's not good for the masses as a whole, as a collective, because we're a collective group of people. We're not individuals anymore. We're a collective. So drinking that 24, 36-ounce soda will be outlawed. Bloomberg is already trialing, uh, throwing out his trial balloon right now because he says that we need to be made, or rather forced, forced, he said, to understand. He needs to force us to understand that by drinking too much soda, we are polluting our bodies and killing ourselves, and that's not good for somebody else. 
Huh. Because we're getting too fat. And we might suffer diabetes or something like that. And not only is that harmful to us, but somehow it will affect someone else. Now, we used to be contemptuously, we, we used to, we used to call with contempt such people. We used to call those people busybodies, which was not a compliment. And we were mostly able to ignore their nitpicky power plays to control or change our lives because we had those same people at home. We call them parents. <laughs> but when you're an adult, you don't expect to be told what to eat, what to drink, how much to eat and how much to drink, and what to do and where to live and how much you should consume. These assholes are everywhere. They're in the Democrat and Republican Party, but mostly in the former. They're in the chattering classes and the media they're the elites of Hollywood as well. We we uh, we listen to their advice on everything from what car to buy to what deodorant to wear, what what clothes to wear, and I mock them. I mock them all the time. We're living in very dangerous times here, folks. Very dangerous indeed. How do people casually shrug off any personal responsibility and then abdicate our self-reliance and freedoms? If we do it often enough, eventually we develop, we'll develop an enlarged sense of entitlement to other people's money and effort. Soon we'll be caught up in an, uh, a, a grieved victimhood. But when the gravy train stops, if you doubt this, then wake up and take note of what's happening in Europe today. And watch carefully the results of the Greek elections. EU fantasy land. People demand that everything go on as usual. That they continue to receive what was promised to them by their own self-absorbed and anti-reality politicians. Denial. They're doing it for our own good. They're telling us what to do. There's no end to what these postmodern busybodies try to control about our lives and our choices. And the farther up the government food chain you go, from the local level to the federal level, the worse it gets. Ironically, these are the same people who are presumably pro-choice and champion abortion rights and a woman's right to choose, arguing that since it's her body, she gets to kill the fetus if she doesn't want it. But never mind all that when it comes to atheists who want to use performance-enhancing drugs, athletes I meant, isn't that their bodies? So what if I want to defile my body by eating pizza and a 24-ounce soda for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? 
it's not Bloomberg's business. It's nobody's business. But they smile. They smile happily. You give up that right when you told us you wanted the government to manage health care. When you shirked your responsibility to take the consequences for your own behavior. Now we have to control that behavior. Of course, we'll do a much better job than you would. Imagine someone saying that they're going to control us and how we do things, how we manage our own lives. This is what America has come to with the election of President Barack Hussein Obama and the domino effect has occurred because now those liberals, those liberals, those Democrats who want to micromanage every aspect of your life have become emboldened with this president. So now we're getting to the point where we have Michael Bloomberg, just in his, as an example, telling us outright his own words that we need to be forced, forced, those were his words, to understand, forced to understand that drinking too much soda is bad for us. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. I'm going to take a short break. I remember America. I remember America. Do you? I remember America. Sure, you can still find it on a map, but nobody older than 20 thinks this is America. Even if coordinates are the same, we've lost our compass. You don't have a direction without reference, the true north. For America, it was liberty. When we lost the love of liberty, our understanding of liberty, it was just a matter of time before the rest of it was lost. Some think it started when the auto companies were nationalized, or the police state to control the internet, or when certain companies couldn't fail because their relationship with politicians made them too big to fail, and the rest of us, without political influence, were too small to succeed. Sure, that all happened pretty quickly. There were just a couple of years, but liberty had been gradually devolving for decades. Some of the more astute, like Ayn Rand, saw it about 50 years before others. She warned us, but people didn't believe it could happen here until it did. Laws had been used to loot productive individuals and businesses, but in the new millennium, under Bush and Obama, graft, corruption, and crony capitalism were no longer hidden behind closed doors. The looters and their laws came out of hiding like rabid animals that were no longer afraid of humans. It was brought into the spotlight, and it was celebrated as enlightened economic policy. Ayn Rand asked the question and Atlas Shrugged that the rest of us were asking 60 years later. Which failing financial institution will the administration pluck from the flames of crisis, and which will it let roast? Which market or investment technique will the regulators bless, and which, in a capricious change of rules, will it condemn or outlaw? As John Galt said in his radio address, You decided you had a right to your wages, but we had no right to our profits. You called it selfish and cruel that men should trade value for value. But you've now established an unselfish society where they trade extortion for extortion. People who had never produced or managed anything tried to manage every aspect of our lives, and they brought production to a standstill. And eventually, they decided to micromanage the food supply in the name of fairness and safety. 
and we all know what happened then. Fiction can be a powerful influence, for good or bad. It's too bad more people didn't read Atlas Shrugged. They might have realized where this was heading. Excellent in Broadcasting presents Liberals of Genius. Liberals of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. President of the United States. Mr. President of the United States. You single-handedly managed to choke all the life out of the world's greatest economy in record time. Ten no one else could have apologized more, spent more, or built a rat maze healthcare system from hell that only the IRS could love. What were you thinking? Thanks to you, FDR will be known as a conservative, Carter will look presidential, and Joseph Stalin won't seem like such a bad guy. Joe was misunderstood. So crack open a good book. Sit on your butt and help your buddies with a snowball's chance in November. Mr. President, the one we weren't waiting for. When we do Internet Talk Radio, we receive support from a great many areas. We have listener support, of course, and some who help with the promoting. One group that often goes unrecognized are the wives of Internet Talk Radio hosts. They are the ones who tolerate our dalliances, and the time we invest in our hobbies. Well, this is one way we can properly recognize those who are closest to us by broadcasting their sincere sentiments regarding our passions. Are you going to stay up all night? You're a family, you know. You're always at that computer. How much money do you make doing that dumb radio show? 14.6. You're not the only one to live there, you know. You better come and eat. I'm not bringing it in there. Four trillion is a huge number. But most people don't really understand how big that number really is. So let's have a little reality check and do the math. For example, did you know that the average school bus weighs 14 tons or 28,000 pounds? The current national debt is about $14.4 trillion, which would weigh about as much as 1,118,250 school buses. We are getting schooled by this debt. Our children and grandchildren are going to be run over by this bus Obama and the Democrats are driving. In just two years, they have nearly doubled the deficit. Do the math. Obama plus four more years equals a busload of debt. All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Huh. Pro-choice. Pro-choice, except... If you're the one who wants to make the choice, the government, liberals are pro-choice as long as they're making the choices for you. Now, who among you wants, sincerely, wants the government to decide for you what to eat, where to live, 
how much energy to use, what type of vehicle to drive, a combustible in, uh, uh, engine uh, vehicle or an electric vehicle, how big that vehicle should be, and so on. You see, I think that the mistake that the government and the liberals are making is that they believe that we we can be easily led down a path to their liking. Not fully understanding history, as I do, and many of you do, that America, Americans, for the most part, are rebellious people. We don't want to be led. Well, I'll amend that. There are those of us who want to lead and there are many of us who want to be led, obviously. But then there are those special among us who simply want to be left alone. What this government, this administration, this regime fails to understand is that we fought wars so that we could be left alone. We fought a civil war because a segment... A group of states wanted to be left alone. Not to say that the reasons for their wanting to be left alone were right, but they but you get the point. We fought a revolutionary war because we didn't want to be told what to do and we wanted to be left alone. It's in our collective DNA. It's in our uh, I guess uh, the, the, of this country. We don't like to be told what to do. We don't. We don't want to have our behavior controlled by anyone. We didn't like it, many of us, when our parents did it. We certainly didn't like it when we became old enough to stand on our own two feet and, and, and go out and like get a job and live on our own. We were happy to get out of our parents' home because they were controlling us, and we felt that we could do it on our own. We didn't need to be told when to eat, when to go to bed, you know, get up for school. We didn't need. We, we rebelled against that as children, and we rebel against it as adults. Now take Nancy Pelosi, whose every action is loudly proclaimed to be for the children, or so she tells us. Everything that we need to do. Now is not for us. It's for the children. She stated just recently it was for the children that they did health care. Soon, no child care provider will be safe from her intrusive, busybody nanny statism. Or take Bonnie Frank, for example, whose sincere devotion to social justice when he was overseeing Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, directly led to the housing crisis. Now, of course, he claims it was all the Republicans' fault because they didn't stop him from his own madness. Melinda's in the house, typing really large letters. In, in a rational, and yes, a just society, these folks would be laughed at 
In a society that valued self-reliance and personal responsibility, they would be rightly considered idiots. I mean, am I right? Since when has America become a place where we want to be told what to do? Or we want something for nothing? Since when are we accepting something for nothing? The government is currently spending $2.1 million on an ad campaign to sell you and me on food stamps. It's good. Go get some food stamps and buy yourself some stuff that will make you healthy. Have you heard the latest food stamp advertisements? Oh, Barbara, she looks so healthy. She looks so full of energy and vigor. Oh, it's because of the food stamps, buddy. She's gone down to the welfare office and got herself some food stamps. And now she looks fit as a fiddle. She's got a new pep in her step because she's gotten some food stamps. Go out and get yourself get yourself some food stamps and be healthy and bright and gay. Back where I come from, Chicago, Illinois, 41st in Indiana, the Robert Taylor Projects. Food stamps were shameful. It was, you were ashamed to go into a store and pull out those funny little dollar things and go buy stuff with it. Food stamps. Now, because of the shame of pulling out those fake government money bills to go buy food, they changed it up so that now you get sort of like a little debit card where you it's called an EBT card or something like that where you go in and you swipe it like a debit card to buy your goodies. So you don't have to suffer the shame and the Stigma of having food stamp coupon books. Well, they look like giant S&H green stamps. No kidding. I know a lot of you weren't around. <laughs> a lot of you weren't around when we did the whole food stamp thing. No, you weren't. But I remember. So now the government is spending your money to educate people on the value of collecting food stamps. Oh, and there was those WIC cards too, where you could, where if you were pregnant or you had little babies in the house, you could take the WIC cards and go get yourself some cheese, some eggs, and some milk. A ton of it. 
Remember, does anybody remember government cheese? Those big blocks of cheese? And you had to cut with a knife? They were so thick, you had to have a, you know. Does anybody remember government cheese? Wick. That was shameful. Oh, I know plenty of people who did it. Hell, I had a few blocks of government cheese myself. I'll admit it. I was eating grilled cheese for days, constipated for weeks. Because I was eating grilled cheese with my government cheese. But now, it's popular. Barack Hussein Obama, the President of the United States, has made it chic. It's chic now to get yourself some government cheese and some milk and some bread. No, no, not the bread. Milk, government cheese, and eggs. But only if you had little babies in the house or you were pregnant. So a lot of folks were pregnant. And I remember also when women in the projects, Robert Taylor Homes specifically, from 39th, no, 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 from, from 35th, and state all the way up to 79th, or 67th, I'm sorry. No, 63rd. Yeah, 63rd and state. Women would actually get pregnant because if they got pregnant, they would get more money. If they got pregnant, had a baby, that was almost a, a, a grand. It was nearly a grand per child at, at one point. Who came in and cleaned all that up? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton came in and cleaned that mess up. I can't believe I'm saying this. But he was the only Democrat president to come in and say, you know, if you're going to get some government goodies, you're actually going to have to produce something and work for it. For example, back in the 60s, my parents used to tell me, because frankly, I didn't grow up, you know, at government largesse. My parents were, you know, we were we were comfortable. But my parents used to tell me that back in the sixties, you couldn't have a man in the house and receive government money, welfare is what it was called. And a woman or a man would come around the house and check the house. Look underneath the bed, looking for anything that a man might have left behind. Shoes, undies, whatever. If it was discovered that a man had been around the house, there was a good chance that that woman and her kids were going to have their rations from the government cut or taken away altogether. Because it was just that if you got a man around here, then that man should be working, and you shouldn't be taking money from the government. Anybody see the movie Claudine, where James L. Jones had to grab all his stuff and hit the road when the lady came in? He was sneaking out the window down the fire escape because the, the, the uh, social worker was coming to the house. Remember that movie? 
But not anymore. Not anymore. It's chic. Have a man in the house. Have two. And have seven, eight little rugrats running around, all snot-nosed, nappy-headed. And for each of them you get, you're going to get eight, nine hundred dollars for each one. You're living large. We're talking eight, nine hundred dollars for each kid plus three, four, five, six hundred dollars in government food stamps plus the WIC, right? Plus the WIC. Then Robert Taylor Homes in Chicago, I can't tell you about New York, Cleveland, or any other place. You can get a three bedroom joint, roach infested, of course, for about $60, $70 a month. Only thing you had to pay for was the electricity. That was it. So pretty much you're living large on the government's dole, and all you got to do is pump out a few kids every once in a while, and you're going to get a raise. That is shameful. But guess who's bringing it all back right now? Your president, Barack Hussein Obama, is bringing He's bringing shame back, and he's making shame not so shameful. Get your food stamps. Get your food stamps. Get your food stamps. Come and get your government goodies. It's all for you. And don't worry, those fat cats, you know, the ones who are leaving the United States and renouncing their citizenship so they don't have to give their stuff to you who are too lazy to work and go out and get your own stuff, who are making excuses because Whitey wronged your great-great-grandfather or maybe those rich folks uh, got all their loot off the backs of your cousins or your ancestors or you so they should just give turn over your their stuff to you you know those folks who are leaving the country right now just like Ayn Rand said they would yeah those folks so here's the deal go out and get yourself some food stamps that's right, Melinda. Look underneath the bed. Look underneath the bed. The welfare lady, the, the, the social worker would come in. You could not have a man in your house. You could not have, if a man's pair of shoes or his drawers was in your house, and you had three or four kids and you were getting government money, your ass was out. But now... You can have a, a damn orgy going on. And first of all, th- there's no there's no more social worker coming to the house to check in on you like a parole officer or a probation officer. You know how a probation officer comes to your house and just kind of has a look around and they're they're like they have the right to do that. That's what social workers used to do back in the 60s and early 70s. They don't do that anymore. Because the Obama administration right here and now is saying, come and get your food stamps. 
and you'll look healthy like Marge down the street. You'll be healthier. Your skin will be prettier. Your hair will be more uh, uh, luxurious. You'll have very nice supple toes. And all at the behest of Barack Hussein Obama. Just come down. Come on down and get your food stamps. It's crazy. It's crazy. It reminds me of the time I was a young Marine. I was 17 years old. I am guarding uh, uh, the, the, the magazines which stored nuclear weapons. On the island of Puerto Rico at U.S. Naval Station Roosevelt Roads. So here we are sitting in the hot sun on the back of a truck, and the year was 1979. And we were all sitting in the back of the truck talking about commercials of the future. Commercials of the future. And we acted out a scenario where we were talking about condom commercials in 1979. And so we acted out a whole skit of what a condom commercial would be like in the future, like way in the future, like the year 2057 or 2093 or the year, you know, 2099. And at the end, we laughed. (laughs) There'll never be a condom commercial. Are you kidding me? That'll never happen. That's crazy, man. Uh, a tampon commercial? Get out of here. That's crazy. That's some crazy shit, man. You must be on drugs. <laughs> and guess what? I just saw a condom commercial the other day. Magnum. She. Brazen. It was on late night. But it took me back to the time I was a 17-year-old Marine acting out a skit on the back of a two-ton truck about a condom commercial that I thought I would never live to see. And just like that, I never thought I'd live to see welfare being popularized by the government commercials extolling the virtues of going down and getting yourself some money for free. Just passing it out. Just come down and get your food stamps, and it's all good. Your hair will be prettier. Your face will will clear up your acne. You'll be a healthy person for it. How the hell can you be healthy by getting food stamps? You can buy almost anything with those things. Plus, in the black neighborhoods, I don't know about you know white folks, but in black neighborhood, you can go and trade those food stamps for actual cash. You get like 75 cents on the dollar for them. So somebody will say, hey, I'll give you these food stamps. I, I got $200 worth of food stamps. You give me $150 and I'll give you this $200 worth of food stamps. Or this EBT card has $200 on it. You give me $130 in cash, I'll give you this EBD, EBT card. That's how it works in the hood. That's how it works in the hood, and I'm here to tell you. Because yours truly, well, I'm not from the hood. Don't get me wrong. 
I didn't hang out with blacks when I was a little kid. But I'll tell you what, I do not, I do, <laughs> I do know a lot of people who did. And yes, I went to school with a great many of them. So I know what goes on. I knew what went on, rather. So, that's what's happening right now. Barack Obama has made it popular to go get yourself some free government money, some government cheese, some eggs, and some milk, courtesy of Barack Hussein Obama. If he takes care of me, I'll take care of him. He's buying some votes with government cheese. Hey, tune in later on tonight for GGT 183, Cool Mike and Sarge, 11 damn 30. It, the show is off the chain. It's off the heezy. It's off the hook. Those guys are they're just too wild for me. I'm an old man. I can't take it. I can't take it. Laughing, thinking at midnight. Can't do it. But anyway, you guys should. If you're up that late, you know, or even if you fall asleep and you wake up and you gotta go pee, think about GGT, <laughs> Cool Mike and Sarge, and turn them on on your laptop or your PDA. We don't even call them PDAs anymore, do they? Or your your iPad or your phone. Tune in. If you got to pee at 11, from 11.30 to 12.30, they'll be there for you. Make sure you wash your hands. Until then, until tomorrow, tomorrow's show is going to be even wilder than this one right here. So tune in tomorrow at 8 o'clock. We're going to have a great time because we're going to count down to Thursday. Christmas Day for some of us. Thursday is Christmas Day. And we're counting down. <laughs> To Christmas Thursday, jobless numbers, holders come up and, and Thursday, the day we get the Obamacare ruling. All right, folks. Thank you. Thank you all once again for listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Thank you for all the emails and, and all the stuff that you've been sending uh, regarding the show. I do appreciate it. I want to wish everybody a wonderful night and an even better day tomorrow. And if you manage to survive tomorrow during the day, tune in and be here with me tomorrow night for the big countdown to uh <laughs> the big countdown tomorrow. Countdown to Thursday, party time. It's all good. It's going to be great. And we just have over 90 seconds left, and I'm looking for my exit promo music, and I can't find it. And here it is. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 if we wait for some other person, or if we wait for some other time, we are the ones we...
been waiting for. Cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well funded. Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.